father's table, an introspective look and conversation about our fathers and how they shaped our lives. Welcome back to the Father's Table. I'm your host, Keith. Thank you for joining the table. And today I have a very special guest. I say that all the time because my guests are special. And today I have my cousin, Edward III. He is the son of Edward Jr., a.k.a. Uncle Junebug. If you have not listened to that episode, I encourage you to stop this one and listen to that one. Um, This is the first father and son um, interview situation I've had on this show, which so this is really, I'm really excited about it. Uh, so a little background about Ed. Uh, he was born and raised in Delaware and has traveled the world, spending some time working for various airlines. And before that, he served in the Army of the United States of America. Uh, Ed is a self-starter. He taught himself the art of photography and has a successful business in that field with a portfolio that encompasses talent from uh, Jamar Jones all the way to Kanye West. He is a husband and the father of three. Ed, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for joining us. I'm really excited about the show today. Um, I like to start each episode off uh, the same way. Uh, so I want to ask you, Ed, to uh, close your eyes. Take three deep breaths. And tell me what comes to mind when you think about your father. Uh, when I think about my father, um, at this point in my life, being 45 years old, um, I think of a friend. Like uh, right now, my dad's one, one of my best friends. I have very few people that I call friend, um, and he's one of them. Um, our relationship has uh, transformed from father role to friend role. Um, I think of a guy who is has a bigger than life personality, um, is very well liked. I don't think there's anyone who doesn't like my father. Um, I think of a ladies man. Uh, he's always been a ladies man. A lot of women love him. Um, he's a charmer. He's a charmer. He's educated, well spoken. He's you know eclectic uh, with his uh, words. Um, his writing, his penmanship is probably the best penmanship I've ever seen. I've spent my life trying to mimic um, his penmanship. Um, you know, it's so many things I can say. Um, so that, I mean, but that's basically the first things that come to mind. Nice, nice. Yeah, that that's awesome. Uh, when I think of Uncle Junebug, I, I think of very cool guy, uh, very laid back. I, I I don't think I've ever seen him upset, but that's just me. Uh, he's he seems he seems to be more you know just just chill. Um, so moving forward, let's let's start from the beginning. Um, now you're the oldest of three children, so you had a chance to see your father and your mother. Um, 
before any other siblings came along. So take me back to the beginning. How was your relationship, or just start here. How did your mother and your father meet up? Uh, has he spoken to you about that? Um, um, his life? They, they met up, they met up um, in church, basically. Um, my dad um, grew up, I guess, I think it was Church of Living God under, you know, Nana, Bishop Lillian Ward, and um, Grandpa, Reverend Edward Ward Jr. I mean, Senior, I'm sorry. Um, and they were in the CLG network. And my mother grew up Kojic. Um, but Can you, you know, explain to the listeners what Kojic is? Kojic uh, is an organization called uh, Church of God in Christ. That's the mm-hmm. acronym for Church of God in Christ. It's Kojic. And CLG is the acronym for Church of the Living God. Uh-huh. Um, so they grew up in church. My mother, because Delaware is small, she used to, I think, frequent um, a church in Pensgrove, which um, the um, Courtney Pope, I forgot the grandmother, C- Williams, Bishop Williams, God rest her soul, um, was the bishop there. And Nana came from that ministry. Nana was um, a underneath that ministry. So I think they met, I'm not 100% sure, but I think they met through the church circuit somewhere along those lines. Oh, okay. So your your mother and father, you, you remember or you understand that they met through the church circuit. Um how how was their relationship? Where you know, how how young or do you remember how young they were? Um do you remember seeing them in action together? And how was that for you growing up? Well, I mean my situation was a little different. Um I don't ever remember I know they eventually they they had to be in love to get married, and they had to be in love to bear kids. I don't ever remember the loving part of it. Um, as, as long as I can remember, it's been a tumultuous relationship, um, a uh, a um, toxic uh, relationship. Um, there was never I don't ever remember any happy times between them two. Like I I'm, I never saw my mom and dad together other than wedding pictures. Oh, okay. So you growing up, let's say, you know, elementary school age, you don't, you didn't have the wake up in the morning, go into mommy and daddy's room. Hey, what are y'all doing? Da, da, da. You didn't, you don't re- recollect memories like that. No, nah, that never, that never happened. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what was it like? Wh- where were you? Were you with your dad or were you with your no, mom? They, or were they you with- stayed together. Till I was probably 15, Andre, my brother, youngest, was 12. Um, but my dad, as far as I can remember, always either slept in the downstairs in the, in the basement, my mom slept upstairs, or my dad slept out. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't remember them ever. I've never, ever seen them sleep in the same room or same bed, ever. Mm-hmm. Now, growing up, how did that shape your thinking at that time? Was that something you thought was normal? Like, do you say, oh, okay. Or were you thinking, like, this is how parents are? Yeah. Or did you see other couples? It's like, oh, these, they seem to be different than my parents. Or well, when, I was, when, I, when I was younger, I just looked at it as the norm. I, I didn't know. In the early years, I didn't know anything different because, um, you know, none of my, I mean, I don't, you know, some of my aunts, 
were single on both sides of the family. Um, I, you know, my friends, of course, you, you don't go into your friend's intimate house to see right. how their parents, you know, coincide. Some of my friend's parents were on their step parents, you know, so they weren't with their originals. Um, right. I didn't realize the difference or the dysfunction until we actually moved um, to Philadelphia and started being around other couples in loving families and relationships. So how old were you when you moved from Delaware to Philadelphia? And, and did you guys, was it the whole family moved or was it just some of the family moved? Um, so when they finally decided to divorce or separate, um, at first, me and my brother, just me and my brother moved to Wilmington, Delaware. We grew up in Newcastle, Delaware, in the suburbs of Newcastle. Um, they separated. Me and my brother moved to Wilmington, Delaware, which was the hood. Um, and then my dad got laid off from his job that he was at forever. And then we moved to Philadelphia with my grandmother. Um, yeah. Gotcha. And... Okay, so around that time, how was your dad's, how was your relationship with your dad around that time in Delaware when you were uh, growing up? You saw your parents in two different rooms, and I don't know how their interactions were. I don't know if it was silent or just arguing, but how was your relationship with your dad at that time? My relationship with my dad was a, it was a funny one um, because... I, you know, a lot of people called me a mis- that I was a mischievous kid. Um, that I, they, some people called said I was a bad kid. Um, I, I didn't really look at it at as me being a bad kid. I look at it as a kid who had no guidance, no guidance, no. You know, it's not like we were taught right from wrong. We just got beat when we did wrong. You know what I mean? So, so. <laughs> my 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 childhood with my dad was one he was my fun dad who took us to all the baseball games to the bowling alley to the country club to this that and the other so do you know the card games you know then then the other part was the disciplinarian you know you know come home your mom said you showed up so we got to beat or we got bad grade or got in trouble in school we got to beat, you know, so it was disciplinarian hangout right. partner. It, it was, it was, yeah. Was that kind of like confusing to you? Like, or you just said, that's what it was. Like, this is just what it is. This is how it is. Again, I, you know, it just was what it was. I didn't realize how dysfunctional it was as far as now I knew my mom and dad's relationship was dysfunctional. Um, but I didn't realize how dysfunctional our upbringing was again until I got older, saw other families, and started having a family of my own. It made me realize, yo, my childhood was kind of really dysfunctional. <laughs> 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 uh, wow. Okay. So you moved. Were you. Were you in uh, uh, elementary school or middle middle school around the time you moved to Philly? I was in high school. Oh, in high school. I went to Philly, yeah. Okay, so how how was so? It seems like 
it was like a constant relationship of, um, you know, the fun parent and the disciplinary parent and things like that. Uh, so how did you, did you see a change in your dad when your other siblings came around? Like you, your younger brother and your younger sister? Um, no, my dad. So my dad went through a transition. Okay. So let me, let me back up. For the majority of our childhood, my dad wasn't saved and wasn't in the church. You okay. know, so, you know, my dad used to drink, he used to get high, you know, he used to party, used to, you know, this, that, and the other. And then he got saved. Mm-hmm. So then he got saved, he became a minister in the church, and then, you know, that then that changed. So a lot of, a lot of, so the disciplinarian person really came into play once he got saved. You know, before that, it was like, you know, we pretty much could do what we wanted to do, um, which caused a lot of uh, turmoil between him and my mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once he got saved, you know, um, he became a different type of parent. Um, he pretty much parented me and my brother similarly. Um, but my sister, he, and he will tell you in one of his biggest regrets is, you know, he totally dropped the ball when it came to my sister, mm-hmm. you know, because when we moved to Philly, um, Ashley was, I'm nine years old. She was six. Mm-hmm. So he was like, look, I can't take a little girl with me to my mother's house. I can't do hair, can't raise, Philly's not a place to raise a girl, this, that, and the other. So he thought he was doing the right thing by leaving her in Delaware with my mother. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, Taking walking through, how was your relationship uh, with your father in middle school? Or excuse me, in high school. You moved to Philadelphia. You're in you know new ground, new area. And I know for me, any transition uh, or relocation is tough. You know, you're going from one place to another, new people. You have to leave your old friends, new surroundings, new friends, just new environment. I know that can be tough for. A young child, uh, how was that transition for you, and how did your dad help guide you guys through that? If you know, if he was there to do that, or um, the transition was tough for my brother. It wasn't tough for me. Um, one, um, you know, my I'm I'm a party person. I, I'm a adventurous. I like the you know I like excitement. I like you know new things. This that and the other. I don't. I'm a Gemini. I don't like anything the same. I get bored easy. This that and the other. So the move to Philly was something that we all wanted to do since we were kids anyway, you know, because we used to come up in the summers to see our cousins and on holidays and stay the other. So we always wanted to live up there anyway. So um, when we moved up there, um, it was just like, whoa, putting a kid in a candy store for me because I'm in the city with the bright lights and I'm out and seeing all the craziness and this, that and the other. My dad was actually scared for me to move to Philly because he thought they were going to kill me. <laughs> you know, like actually, when we first moved to Philly, Andre moved straight to Philly. I moved to Camden with my aunt Brenda uh, oh, okay. because my dad didn't want me to go to school in Philly because he didn't think I would make it. Um, but you know, I went to school for a first year in Camden, got kicked out, and ended up coming back to Philly. But um, <laughs> wait a minute, so did you did you live in in Jersey, or you would commute back and forth? Yeah, I lived in Camden with aunt Brenda. It would be me, aunt Brenda, and um, Corey. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, okay. So you, so how was your contact with your father around that time? Was, it was did you great. call him 
So, so when we moved to Philly, and this is if you talk to my brother, this is where my brother would have a total disconnect with my dad. When we moved to Philly, I guess my I think my dad went through something mentally with losing his job, you know, a failed marriage, losing his job, losing losing his house, separating his family, and having him go back to his mother's house with his sons. I think that put him in a in a dark place where he was just absent so he would work and every week he would give us a hundred dollars a week for our expenses so every month sunday monday we had a hundred dollars and we didn't see him like we didn't see him at all basically i don't even even he lived with us but i don't even know if he lived we didn't see him we were always with nana or you know uncle byron or, you know, and we just had our money every week to take care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. So the ball was totally dropped when we moved to Philly. Gotcha. Gotcha. And that was the age of, you know, high school girls and things like that. And I, I want to talk to you a little bit about that. Um, growing up, you know, young man, new things in high school, seeing all these different things. Uh, how... Did your dad talk to you about women um, and relationships, girlfriend type of stuff, dating? How was those conversations with him if you guys had those? So it's difficult because, um, like, you know, you listen to my dad's podcast when he talked about grandpa. You know, mm-hmm. grandpa was a man of very few words. Right. So didn't really talk much, didn't really raise the kids or the sons or didn't really t- give the sons what they needed to be men my dad took it to the next level right and he did a lot more than grandpa did but it wasn't what we needed like so there was a lot of things the streets taught us mm-hmm. or things that we learned on our own that once we messed up then our dad had the conversation like oh you shouldn't have did this or this, that, and the other once the mess up happened. But prior to that, there wasn't a lot of, you know, educational. Right. It sounds, what I'm hearing is it, it wasn't a lot of, uh, like you, like you said, educational instruction, like before you go out, it's just kind of like a reactive parenting. Correct. Kind of. Correct. Just like, oh, this happened. Okay, let me talk to you about this. Or that happened. Let me talk to you about that. Right, right. Okay. Right. Like, that. He was always, so, my dad always took care of us financially. Like, he, he worked, like you hear about grandpa, my dad worked. He took care of us financially, make sure we had this, that, and the other. He took it to the next level from his father because he introduced us to sports, um, played sports with us, played games with us, taught us about play cards, this, that, and the other. Um, you know, so it was a, Totally, total different relationship he had than with his father. But then again, he was still limited to what we needed. You know, does that make sense? No, I, yeah, it makes, that makes sense. It's, he took it another level, um, but in a way, he was also limited in what he could give to his right. sons and his, his daughter. That makes sense. And right. uh, yeah, yeah. And it sounds like he was going through some transitions of his own. Yeah. And, and uh, I could only, <laughs> again, and it was hard to, it was hard to really raise us 
because he didn't want to be in the house. Yeah. Every time he was in the house with my mother, there was a fight. It was it was tumultuous. So he just stayed out. Yeah. So, you know, you you can't really raise. And then when he would come home and try to raise us, of course, it would go against what my mother's rules were. So it was a constant battle. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah. I I definitely understand. Um, The the thing about parenting, you know, with the mother and the father, I say this. You got to be on the same page, it because what 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 can happen that could be destructive for the child is the relationship between a mother and father. If you're not careful, it could take so much room that the kids aren't getting the nourishment that they need, and the whole relationship is about the parents, mm-hmm. and then the kids are kind of just off to the side somewhere, and then they have to figure some things out. So that that's definitely something. I think I kind of learned that later on with my parents. Uh, not so much early, but right. later it was just kind of like, okay, what's going on with that? Right. Uh, so, yeah, so you didn't really have talks, um, not unless something happened with women or something like that. Right. Uh, did he Did he talk to you about, um, you know, education? I remember your father saying that education was pushed on him or I'm sorry, on his siblings, uh, heavy, um, if I'm not mistaken what he said, but was education pushed on you guys? Like, you know, go to school, get your grades. So it was, it was one of, he demanded good grades and good behavior, but there was no instruction, Mm -hmm. you know, again, you know, like, you like I'm constantly forcing the importance of education and learn, you know, different things with my kids, business, this, that, and the other. Um, my dad, um, he was there to help with our math because he was very good at math. Um, you know, when he was home, and he he forced the importance of good behavior in school and good grades, but there wasn't any instruction, like. Mm-hmm. You know, I, one thing, and me and my wife were talking the other day, and we were joking around about our upbringing and, and just the upbringing of a lot of black families. I said that the only thing our parents taught us was church. Yeah, I can understand that. They teach us about credit, uh, and they teach us about, you know, stock market and, 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 um, Real estate, real estate (laughs) savings and business and this, that, and the other one, because that wasn't on their mind then, you know, I'm not, you know what I mean? But then two, you know, you know, they just, you can't give what you don't have. You know, my, you know, my dad didn't have a college degree. Um, I don't know. I don't think, I don't know if my mom had a college degree or not, Um, but they didn't have any businesses. They didn't have good credit. You know, you can't teach what you don't got, you know? Um, So. Gotcha. That, that makes sense. Um, I definitely remember church being a huge part of my upbringing. Um, and those other elements that, you know, same conversations with my wife, it's like, I didn't really learn this growing up and no shade to my parents. You know, I honor both of them. Um, but there were some things that they, I, I would say the best thing my parents have done is point us to, uh, the faith. And, um, that, that's, that to me is just awesome. Uh, 
but then there's also some other practical elements where it's like, okay, I got to make sure I incorporate this in my parenting as well. Um, so moving forward, you served in the United States Army. Mm-hmm. How long did you serve? I did three and a half years. Three and a half years. Now, was that decision because your father served? Your father did serve, right? Yeah, he was in Vietnam. He was in the Air Force. Right. So, you, But that wasn't a part of the reason why you did it. No, no. So what made you want to do it? And how was your father's reaction? My reason for doing it was I had to get out of Philly or I was going to end up in jail from hurting my daughter's mom. <laughs> oh. You know, I... I uh, I had, you know, I had a kid um, shortly after high school. I was After high school, I went to college. I went to Pierce. Okay. Um, and then during the freshman year of college, I had my oldest. And, you know. Um, Put a pin in that. How, what was your father's reaction when, when you told him, when you broke the news? You, I mean, you come in somewhere, you tell him, hey, dad, I got some something to tell you. What, what was his reaction? He was disappointed because put my business out there. We, I had got my daughter's mom pregnant once before and we got an abortion. So then he was like, Dawn, you, you didn't, you got an abortion and then now you did it again. Like, why didn't you learn your lesson? Like, so he was disappointed. Like, I don't get it. You were clear and free and then you messed up again. You know, this, that, and that. So he was a little disappointed. I mean, he didn't, he didn't really rag on me because at the time I was, 19 i was out of high school it wasn't you know did it did it did it, it kind of make you feel shameful when your dad was disappointed in you and that did it kind of rub you the wrong way no i not really i i'm a different person I, I i rarely feel shame in anything i do because anything i do i intentionally did or thought of at the time and at the time i thought it was a good idea it may be a bad idea later on, but during the time I thought it was a good idea. So I, I was, ne- I'm, I'm rarely shameful for things I do. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you were in this relationship. Um, did you, did your father, um, what did he have to say about that relationship? It sounds like it was, I mean, it's a it's serious relationship with you and this woman. What was your father's take on it? Did, did he give you any wisdom about it? Like, you know, son, you know, no, I mean, this is what you need to do. He, Get it. Uh, he was just, he was just upset that, you know, it happened, but he, he was supportive. Like, you know, I, I mean, again, at this time he was rarely home. So gotcha. it's not much he could say. Cause he was so rarely- you were figuring, you were figuring it out, like how to deal with women from some things you've seen. Just, just trial and error. I mean, trial trial and error. error. I mean, my first, I mean, everything was trial and error. My first experience, I was 12 when I had sex for the first time, you know. Did you tell your father, did you tell your father that or? I think I told him yeah. later on in life. I didn't tell him, you know, that when it first happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but we didn't really have talks about sex. I mean, he knew I was having sex because my room was in the basement and I always had girls over, you know, and, you know. He didn't kind of like correct that. It was just. Nah. Yeah, it, so- it sounds like he definitely had like some other things happening with that he was trying to figure out and get straight yeah. um, as, as well. And that that's a tough area, you know, for for our fathers for sure. Um, so you went to the army, you served for three years. Did you did you have contact with him throughout that time? Yeah, you know, I um, 
wrote letters and we talked on the phone as much as you know could you know not you know when you're in basic training you can't you know you don't get that much time to you know do that but you know when we could it was you know some talk it wasn't a lot you know mm-hmm. even now you know what i mean my dad's a man of few words really you know it's like even when we talk on the phone now it's hey, hey everything good okay you know it's not <laughs> you know yeah i understand man uh so you you served you have a daughter you come back uh to the uh, uh you serve and you come back home mm-hmm. now walk me through that that transition you I mentioned that you worked for the airlines and i think you got married now remember when you got married i was there at uh our aunt's house mm-hmm. um walk me through that experience of your father um and his reaction to you wanting to get married you know um of course you know my dad didn't think i was ready um which was true i mean i was young i wasn't ready but um, he didn't think I was ready. What made you? What made you want to do it? Well, you know how old were how old were you? I was. Let's see, Lydia was twenty three. I was twenty six. Okay, I was twenty six. My wife was twenty three. We were dating since she was nineteen, so I was twenty two. Um, so, um, what made me want to do it was, you know, she was different than any other woman I met. Um, I was in love with her, you know, wanted to, and then what made us do it when we did it was. My aunt kind of forced us. To, my aunt, my aunt kind of forced us to get married, um, because again, you know, we grew up in a church, this, that, the other. At that time, at that time, like I was deep in the church and preaching and all this other stuff, whatever. And my aunt was like, "Y'all living in sin." I had an apartment, I had a house, and she lived <laughs> with me. And she was like, "Y'all need to get married. You can't shack up." So y'all don't get married. We'll put it together. We'll plan it. Just do it. So that's how I ended up being on Christmas and how I ended up being <laughs> at my aunt's house because my Aunt and I'm Brenda put the whole thing together. And yeah. So let, let, we'll come back to the spiritual aspect as well. Um, so you're navigating through life and you pick up uh, photography. Mm-hmm. Um what what was your uh how what sparked your interest in that so what sparked my interest in photography was and i tell people all the time i didn't start this business because i wanted to have a business i didn't start it because i wanted to make money or didn't want to work i my business end up was a calling because i growing up because you know the way we grew up you will never see any pictures of me, my dad, my mom, my brother, and my sister. There's not one family photo of us alive. Mm-hmm. Um, there's only one photo of me, my brother, and my sister. So growing up, I used to come up to Jersey and come up to Philly and go to my cousin's house and see these family portraits on the wall and the big family thing. And I was just like, man, I, you know, so I made a promise to myself when I got older and when I was having a family that I wouldn't miss any moments. So I bought a camera when I first had my child and started taking pictures of everything. Like every time I, you know, I had a little point and shoot. It wasn't even a real camera, just a point and shoot. Um, this is before cell phones came out. And, you know, I was taking pictures of my daughter and everywhere I went, I was taking pictures of people and uh, I, you know, people started liking some of the pictures and the slideshows I would do and, 
you know, different people asked me to do their weddings. <laughs> I think my first two weddings I did with a point and shoot. It was embarrassing, but I did it. <laughs> uh, and, 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 you know, I, I still just did it because I love to do it. And I never forget one day my father-in-law said to me, you know, I think this is your calling. He said, you should take this as a business. And I was like, nah, whatever. I need to work, you know, because I've always been a hustler. I was like, nah, I got to make money. Nah. So, but it seemed like after he spoke that, I got laid off from every job I was at. It's just like, you know, I couldn't keep a job, whatever. And this one job I had, they fired me on some racist stuff, and I sued and won. Um, so the money I won from that, I bought a camera, expensive camera, you know, professional camera, bought some lights and some stuff, and then started my business. And then the rest is history. Oh, wow. Yeah. His business doing quite well. Um, I like the work and it seems like you, you're getting better and better and better. And it's funny cause I remember you started taking pictures <laughs> and now it, and it's just a testament of, you know, hard work, which I would say, I would say your father probably learned that from grandpa cause, uh, he just work, 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 work. Um, but not for himself, but you know, times are tif- different back then. Uh, but that ethic seems to flow through, um, uh, to your grandfather, to your dad, to, to you. Um, so moving forward, you have children. Um, you get married, you have children. Now, have you called your dad for marital counsel um, or just father advice or just guidance in that? I, I would call my dad to tell him what happened or to vent. But mm-hmm. I never called him for advice because he, to me... There was nothing he could tell me about marriage. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, you know, I never, there was no example of a successful, um, uh, positive relationship marriage. So I, I couldn't see myself getting marital advice from him. Um, so I never called for advice. I would call to tell him like, oh man, she getting on my nerves or, you know, this, that, the other, or I'm out or something like that. I would call because again, our relationship kind of transcended to friendship. Mm-hmm. So I would kind of call him as a friend, like, yo, guess what happened? This, that, and the other, blah, blah, blah. Um, but not really for advice. Gotcha. And you know, it's interesting you said that because you grew up with Nan and Grandpa, which seemed to have a marriage. They, they both were married to, you know, grandpa passed away. So, I mean, that's a model of a long lasting marriage, but I will say, I think you, (laughs) I think you probably, their marriage was not um, your usual marriage either. Mm. (laughs) So, but so I I will have, I have to throw that in there. I think, yes, they were married for a very long time, which is a remarkable but there are some differences in their marriage as well that, I mean, I, we could get into it, but that is a picture that you did have been living with them. Wouldn't you say they were that? never They were never a picture in my head. Yes, they were married till grandpa died uh, 50, 60 years, whatever, but they weren't my model for marriage. Like mm-hmm. my model for marriage um, was one something I wanted, uh, came from a longing. 
Like I loved and parented and everything from my lack. Um, and then two, I I looked at your mom and dad. I looked at Aunt Barbaran and Uncle Larry. I looked at people like the, them for role models. Like gotcha. I just looked at how y'all grew up, family vacations and barbecues and stuff like that. And I always wanted that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, even, you know, with your mom and dad, you know, your dad was, you know, your mom was playing basketball, your dad was playing basketball. You know, it was yeah. out, that friendship, that like that was my go to, my gauge. Gotcha. And just uh, continuing on, just to, to wind down a little bit, uh, I have some questions here. With with your father, it seems like, well, for your life, it seems like family is a strong concept to you. Um, what did your father teach you about family? I know you said he was gone a lot of the times, but did he ever drop any wisdom about family or any foundation for it or what that means not really not really um but you have a strong concept of family my strong so my strong beliefs and my strong convictions and concept all comes from lack Mm. it all comes from a need it all comes from a want it didn't come from an example or what i had um even now if you know my dad my dad rarely comes around to family events he was almost like grandpa a little bit, you know, he don't come, he don't do the Christmas dinners, the Thanksgivings, like, you know, growing up, you never seen my dad at a Thanksgiving dinner or a Christmas mm-hmm. dinner, you know, um, you know, he didn't, you know, my dad gave, even on Christmas, he gave us our money and that kept moving, you know, um, so, you know, he's a excellent grandfather, mm-hmm. he's an excellent grandfather, like he doesn't miss anything the kids have. He's there. He supports this, that, and the other. My kids love him, um, but as a as a family, I didn't learn any family values mm-hmm. from my fa- other than to provide and take care. Gotcha, gotcha. Which was something he probably got from Grandpa. his father, right. and that leads to my next question: um, How was your how? From your view, how was the relationship between Grandpa and your dad, like their interactions, from what you can tell? My view was it was non-existent. Like I, I mean, I don't know how it was when they were growing up. Um, I know as a child, I saw my dad deal with Nana. Like if we got, you know, like if we got in trouble in school, my dad would call Nana and tell tell her dad what happened. And then it'll come yeah. down and come down and bust our butt. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, or if i never forget when, when we moved into Wilmington, we needed beds. We needed bunk beds and stuff. And my dad called Nana. And Nana came down and bought us bunk beds and stuff, this, that, and the other. So I, I've never seen him reach out to his father for anything. Um, yeah. I rarely seen them interact, you know, at all. Um, I know they all loved him and they talk highly of him, but I've never seen my dad interact with grandpa. Gotcha. And, uh, next moving forward to the next question, religion. We, we talked about that now in our family, especially with, uh, you know, Nana, 
heavily into church, 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 church. Uh, spent a lot of time, both of us spent a lot of time there. Did your father teach you about God and, and those things after he was saved, like in the home? Did he like sit down with you and say, hey, you know, let's talk about the Bible or God or this is why we do this and this is why we do that? It, or was it just nothing we, at all? We, we, we weren't. We weren't taught about God from our mom or our father. We were just given God. Uh, basically, mm -hmm. you know, my mom took us to church every Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you know, till my dad got saved. Um, and then when my dad got saved, then I would watch him deep in his Bible, study his Bible, do his, you know, write his notes and stuff until he became a minister. And then, then he would then take us to church every Sunday in Philly. Mm -hmm. Until we moved up there. And then when we moved up there, then, of course, we went every week um, with him or or uh, Nana. But we still what we never really had any conversations about God and church and religion until later, until I became older and I had my own thoughts and opinions on religion. We talk more now about God and church and religion than we did growing up mm -hmm. okay and were at any point were you upset with your father and y'all just had like a major rift in your relationship um because a lot of a lot of times when you, if you hit, listen to people on the show a lot of young men uh they, they don't have a strong relationship or no relationship with their father they tend to uh get angry and start acting out in different ways, but that's not everybody. But in some, and also in some cases, their relationship is repaired and it's, a, it flourishes after that. Uh, did you have any moments in life where you just weren't dealing with your dad and, or, but it sounds like you had a attitude of this is just how he is. And that's what it is. Well, if you talk to my brother, and my sister, they have a totally different view on my dad in a different relationship. With me, um, I, I was never mad at my dad because I looked at it, at least he was there. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like he provided, he was there, there, um, it's almost like, okay, so I looked at it like he didn't help, but he didn't hurt. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? He didn't abandon us. He didn't abuse us. He, You know what I mean? So there, he didn't, there wasn't a hurt, even though there wasn't a help. So I right. didn't, I was never mad at him for anything because it's not like we he dropped the ball anywhere, at least with me and my mindset. Now, my brother and sister, they may think he dropped the ball. Definitely my sister. Um, but um, I don't think he dropped the ball. Um, he just, he, he was who he was. You know I mean? It, it, um, yeah, there's a lot of things that I didn't get or whatever, but I don't really, I'm not mad about it. Um, I, I, I've, at times, at times I put the father hat on sometimes and I 
stood in the gap between my dad and my brother and my sister. I'm like, dad, you need to go make things right. Or dad, you need to call Ashley and say this, or you need to call Andre and say that, or you need to call this person. You need to call that person. You know? So at times I had the father hat on, um, but I was never, I've never, I think I've only been mad at him one time or we've actually fought one time. Oh, when you were, when you were younger. Like when I was older, when I was older, and and uh, but it sounds like since then you guys have patched it up, and you yeah, I mean, I was, yeah, that was, yeah, you know, and that's one thing I, I, I do admire about you know, family, uh, able to patch things up, um, when things get really rough, um, especially with, with fathers, and I think there is growth there, um, and I, I want to end with this question for you if you can change anything about your father's relationship you and your father's relationship what would it be and why if i could change anything about me and his relationship that's hard man that's a hard question um because i i'm of the mindset that everything in life happens the way it's supposed to happen I feel like if you change or take away or add anything, then the outcome is different, the ripple effect. So I wouldn't be who I am today, the husband, the father, the this, that, and the other, if anything else shifted in the dynamic. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, if my mom and dad had a healthy marriage and stayed together, who knows if I would even still be alive? Or, or you, know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If if he was a different type of father, who would, I don't know, would I have the same hunger that I have now? Would my brother have the same hunger he has now? Um, I, I can't, you know, I, I'm perfectly content with my relationship that I have with my father. I, I, I wish he had a better relationship with, you know, my brother and my sister at times. I wish that my hope, you know, that he had a different outlook on life. I don't think he has a general love for life it's a weird he has a love for life but doesn't have a love for life mm-hmm. and it's weird you know gotcha. he, he marches by the beat of his own drum he does what he wants to do but he doesn't really grasp life to its fullest um so if i could change anything it would be his outlook on life that i would change mm-hmm. nothing really between me and him gotcha Gotcha. And this is that this is an extra question. <laughs> Being, you know, you, you've told your story about your father growing up, interacting um, with him. How's that shaped your view on fatherhood? And do you think it's important? I mean, it shaped my view on fatherhood. Um, basically, you know, like I said, out of lack, I think I my kids call me extra. I'm extra. Because now, because of my lack, like the reason why I had jobs like being a flight attendant, the reason why I'm self-employed is because I didn't want to miss nothing my kid had. You know, I'm at all their functions. I'm at all their stuff. Every teacher knows who I am. Every kid knows who I am. Every kid's parent knows who I am. You know, my son gets embarrassed sometimes because he goes to the courts and I'll show up at the courts. And <laughs> I'll show up at the courts, you know, and all the boys say, what up, OG? What up, OG? But my dad, my son's like, Dad, what are you doing here? Like, you know, I, you know, I, I try to be a part of everything, you know, because of my lack. Um, 
And, and you know, and, and the crazy part is me being that way, you know, has its blessed is its pros and cons, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but being brought up how I was brought up made me I love the father that I am. I, I love mm-hmm. how my kids are turning out. I love who they are. Um, I love the relationship that I have with them. I, I mean, I would, so all things work together for the good. I, I have no, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Um, you know, how you said out of a place of lack, uh, you know, just not having some of the key ingredients there in your life. Now you're trying to make up for it. And you, I think, and I think it's awesome that you acknowledge that has that does have pros and cons to it, um, and it's really uh, amazing how fatherhood can shape your view for life. You know, just like different elements of it. You know, how you raise your kids, how you view God, all these different things, and that's the uh, reason why we do this podcast. Um, but you know, that's all I had, Eddie. I. Uh, Ed, I, I would love for you to share your information um, and cl- uh, at the end, of the, the end of the show. So share your information if people wanted to get in touch with you, uh, your photography. Uh, can you share your, your info? Yes, my name is Ed Ward uh, of Ward Legacy Studios um, in partnership with my wife, Lydia Ward, uh, Looks by Lydia. Um, we are a multifaceted company. Um, I am a photographer, cinema, cinema photographer. Um, my wife is a makeup artist. Um, my oldest daughter, she does nails. Um, and my youngest two kids have a photo booth and a t-shirt company. Um, but basically if you need to contact me, I can be found on Facebook under War Legacy Studios, on Instagram, War Legacy Studios. Website is warlegacystudios.com. Email is at warlegacy at gmail.com. And you can call me at 1-800-732-7511. That's 1-800-732-7511.